everyone, and welcome to another edition of To The Point Podcast. So hope you're all doing well on this Tuesday, full of random weather, 13 degrees, then 2 degrees. Now it's going down to negative temperatures, but hey, we're in New Brunswick, so we shouldn't expect anything less. Uh, yeah, it's, it's chaos around here, and chaos around the world of sports, and you could say it's chaos in our the Breaking Bad, our show that we're covering as well, because we are really, we're getting down to the end of this and we are getting to the, the heart of the show. What, what's going to happen with Walt, a.k.a. Heisenberg? What, what's happening with Hank? We've seen Mike, what Jesse is spiraling, you know, worse than we've ever seen him. So a lot to get into tonight. Uh, two really uh, interesting episodes in, in their own, uh, in their own ways, in my opinion. But before we get there, Shay, uh, it's Tuesday. Uh, how, how was how was last weekend, and uh, how how are you feeling? Uh, how's morale? Morale is good. Yeah, I had uh, I was lucky. My girlfriend passed her CFE exam, so she's uh, weight off her shoulders. And yes, big big celebration. I had a couple other friends who also passed, so we had some celebratory drinks on the weekend. But other than that, just a, just a chill weekend. You know, just kind of recharge. And uh, get ready for these upcoming, you know, upcoming weekends of, uh, I guess, Christmas parties slash uh, end of the year parties. So I like to give my body a little break before I start hitting the sauce pretty hard. But uh, right. no, it was, it was good overall. How, how was yours? Great. Yeah. I, um, it's going to be hard for you to believe, but I, um, I think I saw one human being the entire weekend after Who Friday was it? at work. Um, my mother. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I watched uh, about oof, 15 hours of college football on Saturday and uh, then another vote around the same on Sunday. So yeah, it was um, a lot of couching, a lot of uh, notes, a lot of great, you know, some really fantastic games. But um, yeah, I mean, college football, the, the Saturday routine is over. That is very sad for me. And, you know, that's a big reason why I'm, I'm going to come up and see you this weekend because you cheer me up, you make me happier. So I want to you know, spend some time with you, get, get in a happier mindset and keep my mind off of uh, no college football on, uh, on Saturdays. Uh, for yeah, now. you'll be replacing your college football with a, with a bit of a fight night. Like we're going to watch the card and yeah, excited, excited to have you up, but more excitedly, I haven't, uh, I haven't obviously kept up with UFC in quite a while. So I'm really excited for, uh, for you to come up and see, see the place and uh, we can watch them. Some people get their heads bashed in hopefully. Absolutely. I mean, toxic masculinity is my favorite masculinity. Uh, that's just my <laughs> personal preference. Uh, and yeah, we'll, a great fight. Amanda Nunez is on the card, so we get to see her do her thing. The bat of uh, the of the of the female fighters. Dustin Poirier looks to win the belt, so it's, it should be a, it should be a fantastic card. Can't wait to to watch it with you. And if Warman can stay awake uh, until that late at night, we know he struggles with that uh, from time to time. But last week we ended the the pod talking about Hank basically going for number two in the toilet and he uncovers Walter's well you could say Gail's book that he gave to Walter written by Walt Whitman but in the in, he wrote in it to my other favorite WW and it was Gail's writing and Hank has basically put two and two together that Gail and Walter were at one point cooking together 
Yeah, it's obviously a huge discovery. And like we talked about last week, a huge error, you could say, in Walter's part. Uh, having that book lying around is just, it just makes no clinical sense. Like he, he could have, you know, hit it in a drawer or had it tucked away at a bookshelf. Burned it. On, yeah, or burned it because it's the last piece of evidence probably tying him back to Gale. But, you know, I, I firmly believe that Walter kind of hides some of these little things for himself to get caught. You know how we talked about wanting that recognition that he is you know he's heisenberg he is the right. man who killed gus frank so yeah it's, it's it's interesting but obviously it's a huge focal point uh it being the eighth episode in a 16th episode season uh it marks halfway point and you know it only you know where you could you could argue it's the peak rolling down for the rest of uh, the season for us right and uh, a scene i i we, i forgot to bring up last week and we see it we do see it briefly this week Walter goes for a treatment and he gets a CT scan and it, it, it's not directly said by the show, but I think you can tell because we do see him uh, vomit later in this episode, but Walter's cancer is back and it's, we don't, we learn that it's pretty bad towards the end of this episode, but I just thought it was important to bring up before the episode starts that indirectly, you know, as a viewer, we know that he's not healthy and you know he hasn't told anyone about that yet yeah yeah obviously important it's something that we we talk about and obviously he brings up multiple times uh himself um but yeah no no looking forward to it the, the beginning of this episode is really interesting too because if you remember we talked about uh the beginning of the season where he's you know he, he just got to his birthday he got this big old machine gun from some random guy he's got hair doesn't he doesn't look like Walter but clearly he is Walter and you know we kind of revisit that uh, that character one more time and it's it's interesting because we're we're taking a little sneak peek into the future um, but we don't know anything no context of what's going on or what he's doing right yeah definitely some foreshadowing here it's so like you said he's got the hair he's uh, extremely skinny and he pulls up to his former home and the place is completely abandoned. It's uh, it's got this long, a big fence in front of it, metal fence. But you see that there's a there's a kids have cut a hole in it, so you can go in the back. And in the backyard where his pool used to be, it's now a converted skate park for young children. And he kind of goes inside, and he's you know there's no furniture. There's nothing. There's still the drapes. That's really the only thing that's covering. She peeks out and looks at the children skateboarding. Otherwise, the house is completely condemned. And one thing we do see written on the wall is in graffiti is Heisenberg. Yeah, yeah. Super, super interesting. It's a scene where he just kind of looks and, you know, it's, it's right in front of him. But obviously the secret got out, which is, uh, you know, a big reveal um, that, he was Heisenberg and that people know, which, you know, it's not, it's not something that we should really take lightly because obviously, you know, at some point between then and where we are in the present, uh, his, you know, he, he's basically outed for what he really is. Right. No, absolutely. And so you're, you're kind of thinking what, what the hell is he doing here? You know, he doesn't, you know, it's his home's not here. His children clearly don't live here anymore. But he goes back to the bedroom. And as, as we recall, he has brought the rice in with him a few times. He thought he might try to kill Jesse with it. He brought it to see, uh, 
to see Lydia one time and when he uh, thought he had no no interest for her anymore. And he uh, goes to the wall socket, opens it up with a screwdriver, and the ricin is still there. So clearly the, the police have missed this because you got to assume that they've you know, given this place a full a full clean. And he takes the ricin with him, and uh, which is interesting, but he goes outside and he's kind of staring at the house. And we just see him go to the car and his neighbor is staring at him and with fear, with a big bag of groceries in her hand. And he just says, hello, Carol. <laughs> yeah, great, great intro because, I mean, it's got a little comedic, comedic relief at the end, but clearly he's well known around the neighborhood for being this, you know, meth king slash murderer. Right. And, you know, he just kind of willy-nilly walked back into his house so obviously his neighbors think he's long gone, but you know, in reality, he's still prouding. And we also know that he's out to kill somebody because why else would he grab the rice and, and have this giant machine gun just laying in his trunk like that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's he's still up to no good. We don't know why. And like you said, there's no context yeah. to it, but it does lead us into later in the season, which is always interesting. And a big reason why I like the show is their utilization of foreshadowing. So we pivot back to modern day. Hank is walking out of the bathroom and he's he's got like a, a shock slash scared look on his face, Shay. He's just kind of, he's completely blindsided. And he's got the book with him. He's looking out at, at the family, but he sees Marie's bag sitting there and he, and he shoves the, the book in. And when he gets outside, he kind of makes up an excuse that he's not feeling well so that he can get the hell out of there. Yeah. And sure enough, he, you know, Marie's like, okay, well, let's go. And you know, he's, you're right. He's got a history of, well, I would say mental illness slash panic attacks. Yeah. And I think, I feel like he's on the brink of one, which we find out that he is, but he's, he's getting in the car, you know, he's like, Oh, see ya. And then right before he actually shuts his door, Walter with the uh, Holly stops him, which is a funny scene because, you know, after, after he finds out, he never really looks at Walt the same way and he doesn't really try and hide it either. It's like, yeah. he kind of knows, but he's, kind of just shutting up because he does he's not certain at this point in the show whether uh, whether he's his guy right so he just kind of tells well yeah like hardly looking at him yeah no i, I just don't i just don't feel well like uh, uh it's fine it's fine so they get the hell out of there and they, he kind of leaves it in a in a flurry too like he drives away pretty abruptly and marie's kind of going off about skylar and talking about god knows what quebec or something. europe <laughs> Europe, yeah, basically Quebec. Uh, and and um, he's in the car, and he, like you said, he has panic. He has like heart palpitations. He has panic attacks, and you just see him. He's gripping the wheel, and he's he's not seeing correctly. His vision, uh, and he's not he's not doing good. And ultimately, Marie's like, "Hank, what's going on? Hank, what's going on?" And he crashes into this, this fence, uh, you know, in, a, in the middle of someone's yard. He exits the car breathing heavily, and they call 911. Yeah. yeah. This, this is understandable, though, like for with his past and, you know, his, his history with panic attacks and the news he, he just thought or not thought of, but I guess realized that there is this yeah. connection that he holds. I mean, it totally makes sense for him to react like this, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean. 
imagine learning someone you love, someone you trust, and you got to think of all the time you spent with them cover, you know, trying to chase this Heisenberg, chasing this meth king. It was him the whole time. And I even think for Hank in this moment, he doesn't want to believe it's the truth. So he's having a hard time just processing that information that it could possibly be true. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just like Hank, he kind of gets home from the hospital and he you know, rips off the rips off the armband and it's like, OK, I'm fine. Like, I'm back to normal. And, you know, he's he's curious at this point. And of course, being Hank, he has all the evidence and all the information from you could say Gail Bedeker's case slash the Gus Fring um, file. And he goes and checks and he checks the notepad. And sure enough, the same, well, pretty much the same writing in the notepad in Gail's mm -hmm. book is the exact same uh, matching the uh, Walt, Walt, or what's it called? Walt Whitman? Walt Whitman, yeah. Yeah, Walt Whitman book that uh, was found in the bathroom. So that's really all he, he, that's not all he needs, but it's definitely a step in the right direction that this is, this is a weird thing and you can see him start to react. Um, so before we get back to them, Walter is out. We've learned that he told Skylar in the last episode, he is no longer a part of the meth business. She wanted, they made a ton of money. He's, he's done, but he, now he's at the car wash with Skylar and that's going pretty well. And he kind of pitches to her that they should buy another car wash. They have so much money. She's never going to be able to launder it. But what does make sense to the IRS is if we if we're a successful car wash owner, what do we do? We continue to buy car washes and they can continue to funnel money you, you know, using that process. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the first time we really see them on board. It, it, min minus the maybe five seconds at the last end of last episode, mm. they were kind of on board with each other. It seems like Skylar's tolerating them more than she would normally or she has in the last I would say three episodes through four episodes. Yeah. So, you know, things are looking a lot better than they were, say, you know, the couple months that were in the show uh, prior. Yeah, absolutely. And she goes, yeah, like, I'll think about it for sure. Like, it's probably a good deal. And he goes, yeah, yeah, think about it, think it over. But then we see old Lydia show up undercover. She goes to Skylar and she says, yeah, and I just want a regular car wash, whatever. And she goes, okay, yeah. She just tries to kind of hard sell her. She goes, no, no, just give me a car wash. But she goes inside and Walter's like, kind of gives her the look, but he doesn't really acknowledge her. She's like, I need to talk to you about the meth. And he goes, uh, did you get a regular wash? And he's like punching in the numbers. And she kind of goes on about, you know, the meth is 68% pure and, that's not good enough for my buyers. Can you just, can you come back for one week, teach them to cook? That's all I'm asking, but you know, he's not having it. He goes, I'm out. That's not my problem. I, I left you a viable business with Todd. You know, the fact that you can't, you guys can't figure it out. It's not my issue. Deal with it. Yeah. You, she even goes to, uh, to the lengths of saying like that. I, I could be in danger. And he's like, well, that's not my problem either. Like he, mm -hmm. Do, do, you're a big girl deal with your issues what i love about this scene juggy is that you know the whole time i'm seeing it i'm thinking of gus and i'm thinking of how gus operated at los polos and that right. he would he, you know walter learned from gus how to do that and you know not to do business in a public place like that 
but how to keep it on the low and, you know, maybe deal with someone who's frantic like Lydia or Walter has been in the past when he's walked into Los Polos. Yeah, really good point. I never thought of that. And uh, yeah, Gus wouldn't even acknowledge your question. You know, he'd just be <laughs> like, so I get you a burger, ref refill your pop, whatever. Exactly. And what's funny though, is he's doing it and credit to Walter. We're hard on him for a good reason. Cause he's kind of a scumbag, but he, he's not giving it the time of day, but Skylar walks in. And Skylar's a perceptive person and she notices the tension and she kind of goes, uh, Walt, who is that woman? And uh, he goes, she's a former business associate, but I told her I'm out of the business and to not come back, but that wasn't good enough for Skylar. She had to send her own message. Yeah. She kind of walks out to the car and, you know, she tells the worker that's waxing the car, you know, to scram basically yeah. and Lydia's standing there next to her car and she goes you need to leave now and because says it in a really like I don't know aggressive slash you know authoritative aggressive tone yeah. yeah and and sure enough Lydia's kind of frightened and it's like what like what the hell like am I not gonna get my wash and <laughs> Skylar sends her on her way and you know I think she's she doesn't want any I guess trace and she said like, don't ever come back here so basically she's implying like don't come don't uh don't eat where you shit and in, in the sense like we yeah. do business here don't come making a mess this is not how you do things yeah and good on Skylar. she you said she's kind of tolerating walter now and he, he is making an effort so, but she's making sure that you know if you give walter an inch he'll take 10 miles so she had to make sure that that was cut off um well now we see that hank's not going into work but and he's kind of putting on this show that he's sick, but he's not. You see D agents bringing him case files, and we see this montage of him basically going all the way back. We see pictures of Tuco, we see pictures of you know of, of Gus, of uh, Tyrus, all the guys that have worked for him that have died, and you know Walt. He's looking at different pictures. But what kind of, we see the video of Jesse and Walt stealing the methylamine that time. He's kind of trying to figure out if it was Walter doing it. But the real point of, point of emphasis here is that he finds the, the drawing of Heisenberg and it looks like Walter to such a T. And he kind of just, I think he at that point says, how did I not figure this out before? Yeah, it's not even a great sketch, but uh, the, the sense that you're putting glasses and hat over Walter's, you know, bald head mm. makes it uh, almost a perfect match for, for what uh, Hank is looking for. Right. So he's just like, are you kidding? This is, it's him. Like, it's got to be him. Jesse, however, as we remember, was just given $5 million from, from Walt because he said he, he earned it. And but Jesse is not doing well. He is really struggling. And you know he's struggling because he's struggling whenever Skinny P and Badger are there. Because I don't really think he sees them as friends, but he has to, he, he can't be alone when he's really in this bad state of mind. So he's just kind of sitting there staring into space, thinking about God knows what. And Skinny P and Badger eating pizza, talking about Star Trek. And, you know, having sex in space and going on and on. And he's just finally had enough. And Badger's like, you're going to miss the good part. And Jesse makes a beeline to Better Call Saul. 
Yes, our favorite lawyer. Yeah. And, you know, it's this funny scene where he's in the waiting room. Saul's getting a wank or whatever he is in, in, in his room. And Jesse's sitting there with the two duffel bags full, filled with $5 million. And, you know, he's kind of looking around like, you know, is, is he in here? And in classic, you could say, wall form, in order, when he doesn't get what he wants, he's just going to cause, basically, he's going to be a nuisance. Lights up a joint in the weight room. Big Huel sitting there, you know, he's like, you can't do that, man. <laughs> and and finally, um, the receptionist just kind of calls Saul and says, like, Pinkman's out here, like, just get get him the hell out. It's a it's a it's a small scene, but it also shows like Jesse's kind of at that state where he doesn't really care anymore about no, anything. He gives zero fucks um, when it comes to this. Yeah, he's blowing smoke like at Huel, like he's just he's done with this. So he goes in there. And, so I was like, are you kidding me? Like you have $5 million just sitting out here. And he goes, yeah, I want you to give two and a half million to Kaylee Ehrman Trout. And I want you to give two and a half million to Drew Sharp. And Drew Sharp was the little kid on the motorbike from a few episodes back. If you recall, I was talking about that Todd killed. And just on the surface, this is a terrible idea. Um, who oh, sends two and a half million to the family of a kid that, yeah, of course, is a tragedy, but it's a huge red flag. Also, that money's not going to be, that money's going to be seized or the family's just going to be like, okay, what the hell? We get it. And Saul's point to Jesse is Kaylee Ehrman Trout, they've took, they've taken two plus million from her account before mm -hmm. they're going to do it again. This is not going to work. Like Jesse thinks straight, like this is just a really stupid idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's Jesse thinking, okay, I, I've got to get rid, get rid of this money. And, you know, where are the problems in my life that I think I, I can heal? And obviously that, that death of that kid, Drew, is just weighing on his shoulders, clearly. And, you know, we find out later that uh, he doesn't think Mike has, you know, gone anywhere except maybe the ground. Right. So he leaves. He says, Saul, do you want me to get another lawyer? Because I'll go do it myself. And she's like, no, no, no. Like, don't worry. I'll get it done. Literally the second he's out of the door, he calls Walter. And Walt goes to Jesse's and he's kind of like, Jesse, what, what are you doing? Like you, you earn this, like you, you, you deserve this money. And you know, I, what happened to Drew Sharp is terrible. I feel bad about it. At, like you do. But you know what? Like it, 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 it's, it is what it is. And Jesse's kind of like, well, it's blood money. And he's like, you know, Mike, Mike can take care of himself, Jesse. Like he can give money to his granddaughter. And to your point, well, he says, Jesse, who's a smart guy, says, I don't think Mike can take care of his family because I know you. And you killed Mike's nine men. And Mike wouldn't just let that happen. You'd be looking over your shoulder your entire life. So I think you killed Mike. And you know damn well he's never coming back to Albuquerque. I know. It's, a, it's kind of a huge accusation when you think about it. And yeah. really, Walter's response is just basically like, like no, like, I, I, like I'm, not, you know, I'm not looking over my shoulder, but Mike's not dead at the same time. And, you know, I, I don't think it's enough to convince Jesse that that's the truth either. I, th I think Jesse deep down finally knows like, like Mike is dead and yeah. nothing I can do about it. 
Yeah, I think he knows that too. Because he kind of, when Walt says that, he kind of just, he's staring out at the wall and he's kind of, he's not anywhere. He's not happy about it. He doesn't seem relieved. He's just kind of like, like, I know he's gone. You know, somebody that actually cared about him is another person is gone from his life. You know, Jane is dead. Uh, Andrea is kind of out of his life. Mike, Mike is dead. Like everybody that he gets close to seems to go away. His parents are really shitty people. So um, you kind of see, he's actually on the verge of tears looking at the wall because he's just he is, yeah. he's put up, he's done with this. Um, I mentioned, we mentioned, I mentioned this off the top about uh, him getting the CT scan the last episode, but there's that, they're having a meal, uh, the family meal, the, the kids are home. That's another note here, but Walt excuses himself to go throw up. And we all, he ha, you see he's hiding pills underneath the counter, but he's throwing up. Another thing you learn from Gus is he puts the towel underneath his knees so that, you know, his knees aren't uh, getting hurt on the floor. But, um, you know, he's throwing up, he's clearly sick, and he's not, not doing well. No, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunately for Walt, whenever he's start, he's his moral starts to get better, his moral compass starts to switch the opposite way. Yeah, I mean, his health just decides to decline. So, yeah, I mean, it's, he's doing his best to hide it, but at this point, what what are you hiding from, right? Like, well, yeah. it's, what do you what do you think he's not telling his family for? Yeah, I mean, you're out of the business at this point. You don't know anything is wrong, so you'd assume if I'm gonna die in the next six to twelve months, I'd like to spend it with my family i mean i guess it would be hard telling your kids that you're not going to be around and in a in a year I, I, we've never had that con- i've never had that conversation with somebody obviously we've had family members that we've lost and you know you, you hear that conversation and you you know reality sets in that they're not going to be there maybe it come the next christmas or you know whatever you know what what have you but he i mean this is this is walter another secret that's unnecessary that you know is going to make people angry. And yet he does it probably for his, just his, again, his own hubris, his own ego. Probably. Yeah. No, that's, that's probably it. But in the midst of him throwing up, he notices that his book is gone (laughs) and he starts to search for it under the bed. He's looking for it. And, you know, he's even, he even starts to worry about it, Shay, because he wakes up in the middle of the night to go check something. Yeah, yeah. He he goes out into the yard and it's kind of looking around and he says, you know what? Let, let me just check my car for a second. And he goes, he goes, he's checking, and finally gets the passenger, you know, back door, and he finds the same tracker that him and Hank used to uh, track Gus Fring's car. And, you know, he's kind of in a panic as he looks around and realizes Hank is onto me and this is not great. Yeah. He's, he realized, holy shit. Like I'm in deep trouble here. He found that book and I, I could be, I could be made here, so to speak in, in the near future before we get to the last scene, which is just iconic in this episode, Jesse had that conversation, but he's, carrying those bags of cash around he's old he's out by this old favorite ha- hangout there the uh the old dog hot dog or, something hot dog, yeah uh, and there's this homeless man that comes to him and he goes 
do you got hey do you have any change or anything and jesse's just kind of staring in the space but he kind of snaps out of it when the guy's walking away. he's like no come here come here and he hands him a wad of cash i believe it's ten thousand dollars or close to it and the homeless guy's just kind of like he's even like can i take this like is uh, can i am i allowed to and he's kind of shooken up about it but jesse it's the first of Jesse starting to give away his his fortune. Yeah, is is his little drive by at this this time, or is that the next episode? Start, that's the start of the next episode. Okay, yeah. so we'll get to that. But yeah, he yeah. he's on a spiral, and it's it's like that money is like cancer to him, and he has yeah. to get rid of it because it's just it's just hurting him to keep it because he doesn't feel like he deserves to he deserves to keep it. You know what I mean? So he's clearly on a good spot. You know, you could you could say that he needs a therapist, but I don't even think a yeah. therapist could probably fix all of his problems. No, it, it, it'd be tough because he'd have to be really open ab- about everything. And, I'm not, you know, it's hard to be open about killing people uh, and, you know, yeah. just, you know, cooking meth. So Hank is still not going to work. He's still doing everything from the garage. He's getting more and more case files dropped off to him. And who... <laughs> Who pulls into the driveway but Walt? And we could see Hank. He's just like, holy shit. Like, uh uh-oh. And, you know, Walt uh, shakes the hands of the DA agents, you know, shaking hands, kissing babies. And he kind of says, you know, they have this small talk, you know, about the illness. How's the car wash? Oh, it's great, great. And Walt's getting ready to leave. And he says, oh, well, by the way, Hank, um, I have to ask you about this and he flashes on the tracker he says you know this looks an awful lot like the one we use for Gus Fring and I have to ask are you doing this and as he does this Hank closes the garage door yeah ready for ready for the the showdown of the Giants and no and he closes the door and you know I I totally forgot about this but he hauls off and hits Walter as hard as his he face can. before is really scary Oh, well, he, yeah, Walter goes, you know, hey, what, you know, are you okay, buddy? Like, you're giving yeah. me this face. And Hank, Hank's had enough. He, you know, he's basically determined that Walter is who he thinks he is. Yeah. And like, like Hank I said, hauls off on him and then puts him up against the door and basically just ties into him for everything he's done. He says, you know, you car- you crashed that car on purpose yeah. going towards the laundromat. You, uh, you know, you called Marie, call Marie, you knew my, you know, my phone number yeah. you faked that she was going to die. You blew up a nursing home. Like he's yeah. going through the laundry list of things. And, you know, Walt's like, but we're family, Hank, like, come on. And he goes, fuck family. And yeah. Walt says, well, my cancer is back. You know, I can't, yeah. I can't, it's, I'm, I'm going to be dead in six months anyway. And Hank, you know, says good, rotten hell. And it, it's this thing where Walt is kind of said, I'm going to be, even if you find the evidence, I'm going to be dead before you can put me in a jail cell. Like it doesn't matter. Like it's not worth your time. He's basically begging for his life. Well, he's basically begging for his family's uh, lives. You could say, because their lives are going to be affected if they find out he's cooking meth. But, you know, Hank's like, no, like I'm taking you down. If it's the last thing I do on this job, you're going to jail until you die in that cell. But Walt is uh, still got some confidence in him. He says, well, Hank, 
you know my track record and i advise you to tread lightly yeah basically seen where well, you know to, well, hank is like i don't even know who you are anymore he's like if yeah. you don't know who i am well don't you know don't piss me off essentially mm-hmm. and that's how the episode ends and it's really kind of like okay like hank knows and walter knows hank knows so yeah where do we go from here um a couple of questions i have for you Dougie, about like how basically how walter handled this so uh, there's two ways of thought thinking about it first is would you have even brought up the the uh, you know the the bug on the car no. or would you have just drove around lived your normal life and you know basically not giving hank anything to think that you are who he thinks you are i think i probably yeah i probably would have taken the the latter and just drove around tried to try to live a normal lifestyle try to seem straight and narrow because we see what happens when he gets in hank's face it does him no good to go see hank because i i still think hank would have not believed him but staying away from Hank is the smarter approach here, in my opinion, anyway. So how about, how about you? Oh, yeah. And then even, even on top of that, if Hank were to confront you about the book, well, it's easy, it's easy for Walter to fall back on saying something like me and Gail were both chemists. You know, we, we had, you know, we were both great chemists or something of that matter. And like, I didn't want to bring it up after Gail's death because it would have made him, you know, anyways, you, you, you could have done a better line. I didn't find Walter tried all that hard to say, hey, like, no, this isn't me. At, at, you know, basically at, during the conversation, it even sounded like he was borderline admitting to being yeah. Eisenberg, right? So, I yeah, mean, basically gave if you're not going to, well, if you're not going to fully deny it, then I don't, I don't know. Like, then, then you're basically screwing the pooch because Hank knows and Hank, you know how much Hank wants to get this guy. Yeah, you, you're only giving them more ammunition to take you down. And you should know your audience as well as the key to communication. Hank is not going to be upset about, you, you can't give a guy like Hank an emotional response being like, my cancer's back, I'm dying. No, you know, that might work on your aunt or, you know, somebody that that's not Hank's I've heard this term used lately, Shay. I'll probably use it wrong here. Your love language or your love energy, whatever that is. I don't understand it, but I know people got one. And bringing an emotional response to an aggressive person, an aggressive human being is not the correct strategy, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I know. He, he royally effed himself, basically. But it's like we talked about earlier, right? uh, Walter in in more than one way wants to be recognized for you know what yeah. he is and what he's basically what he's become so and maybe maybe this was his plan all along maybe leaving that book there and you know someone finding it and putting two and two together was uh, even if he didn't intentionally do that maybe in the back of his mind maybe that's something he wanted for himself right and if he if he's dead he he gets the recognition eventually you know he gets you know you are that drug lord. You are this great person. Right. You're, you know, legends, you know, Pavel Escobar lives on, you know, even though he's dead, he's known forever. As bad as a human being, this guy was Adolf Hitler will be referenced until the end of time for being, a, you know, Napoleon Bonaparte. It's just these, these really larger than life figures will forever be in history books, forever be referenced for the impact they had. And it can, you know, it lingers on even when they are dead for, you know, hundreds of years exactly
So episode 10 entitled Buried starts with an old man waking up early in the morning. And I respect him getting up early in the morning, getting after it. Early bird gets the worm. And he starts the car and he's got his high beams on. He kind of notices that he's like, what's that in front of the car? And it's 10 grand in cash. The same thing that the homeless man got. And he, he looks across the street and there's another, like there's money everywhere. Jesse is just throwing cash into, you know, these low income neighborhoods, uh, driveways. So he's like, what the hell is Olga? Olga? He's clearly, you know, not a great home, but he's like, wow. But he sees these lights in a park across the street and he walks down and Jesse's car is there. The car is still on doors wide open and the bags of cash just sitting there. He's kind of like looking at like, what the hell is going on here? And we just see, we hear this squeaking sound and Jesse is going around in circles on do you know what this thing's called, Shay? I remember using it as a kid, but uh, yeah, I, I, I know. I, I don't know. It's like a big old, you know, Eric around or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, the one you spin he's on. just, it's he's, a he's just feet on the ground, pushing himself around in a circle. Yeah, and you know, you could, you could it's a metaphor for maybe his mind just keeps on spinning and he has no way of stopping it because you know of the of the guilt he feels. Maybe me getting all. So he's metaphoric. just he's just laying there, and uh, yeah, he's. Uh, Bill guys is like, what the, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. We'll learn more about Jesse's deal later in the episode. So what I like about the start of this one, Jay, is it's, you know, it's Hank opening the garage to start episode 10 and Walt immediately. And I mean, immediately gets on the phone to call the car wash and he goes, can I get Skylar on the phone? And uh, he's like, Enrique, put Skylar on the phone. He goes, what? what do you mean? She's talking to somebody who's she talking to tell her to get off the phone. And we see the garage door uh, open again. Hank is coming out on the phone. He has beaten Walter to the punch, and he's got Skyler on the other line. Yeah, so immediately Walter takes off for the, uh, for the car wash, gets in there, and he's like, Where, where's Skyler? Where's Skyler? And Skyler is going to, to meet Hank at some diner. And, you know, this is this is, to me, this is like, partially because it's been so long since I watched this I'm like oh like it's, it's either she's gonna have to side one way or the other and you know she's hated she's wanted a wall to get caught for so long maybe she just kind of flips over and dies and says hey you know this this is my time for for, for Walter to get caught and I can finally be be ridden up this mess right and I I I think at the same point, she's juggling about her children and the thought process mm. with her father, uh, with their father. And does she get questioned? Did she know? Like, can she say that she didn't know the whole time? So she is also in potential trouble here. But Hank is there, gives her a big hug. And he's just like, okay, so this is what's going to happen. We're, we're going to go to the house, get the kids. We're safe from that monster. I don't know what you had to deal with. I don't know if he beat you, what happened, but it's done. It's over. But, and he said, I'm, I'm going to protect you, do everything I can. But he pulls out a little recorder and he says, you know, I got to get your, your confession, you know, as much as you can remember so we can get this son of a bitch behind bars. And she's really uncomfortable with this scenario. 
yeah, she's basically like, like, we have to do this right now. Like the first conversation we had and Hank is a very proactive mind and he's very, you know, a, a personality. He, he wants to get, when he wants something done, he wants it done right then and there. And in this case, it probably scared her away thinking, okay, well, like I, when you panic somebody like Skylar's in the situation right now, obviously she, she might just flip over and say, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not doing this right now. Like what, what the hell is going on? And I think that's what kind of happened here. She's just basically like, well, you know, we like, we're just having a conversation about this. And now you basically want me to fess up everything that I know. And, you know, I, one thing Scholar does is like, should I be, should I be here with a lawyer right now? Like she doesn't even feel com comfortable in the conversation she's having. No. And he goes, well, no, you, you don't need a lawyer. Like, you know me, like you're fine. Like I, I, I'm going to do everything I can, you know, for you. And she goes, well, I think I should get a lawyer. Like, what if, you know, the district attorney doesn't want to help me, you know, and he doesn't want to let me off the hook. I need a, I need a legal person. And he says, okay, okay. We won't talk right now. Just get to the kids, go to the house and we'll deal with it later. And she retorts with, am I under arrest? And he, to her credit, he doesn't say no. And he's kind of like, you know, it's just, you know, it's, let's just deal with it. And he, she goes, Hank, am I under arrest? She continues to raise the volume of her voice. And as he grabs her arm, she goes, am I under arrest? And she kind of leaves the, leaves the diner in, in a tiff. If you're Hank, does that send you a message saying, okay, she's, she's picked her side. Like, she's she's on the wrong side of this or is it, that would, it would for me and it would also signal to me that she knew because a wife that just found this out would not be defending their their her husband that much in my opinion but to her credit i mean she you know hank kind of already knew that she knew some things not all of it she probably just knew right say, the tip of the iceberg but you know she had that kind of mental breakdown where she kind of hopped in the pool Tried, tried to drown herself yeah and you know so so she does know some things i think hank knows that but i feel like if you're hank you're like oh, okay maybe i came on too strong here maybe, maybe i shouldn't have you know going back towards the recorder maybe he shouldn't have just maybe should have just kept that away for their first conversation for this yeah go get the kids to, to his house first marie is there tell to have have marie know before you have this conversation that everybody's on the same page kind of i i agree i think that would have been a better um a better situation um meanwhile huel and our good pal bill burr um saul sent them on a mission they are going to get the money at the storage unit and before they get all that money out of there again a lot over five million dollars huel decides hey i gotta do it man and he lays down on the big pile of money. And ultimately, Bill Burr joins him, and they kind of have this touching moment where they're just laying there on top of all this cash. Yeah, yeah. If, if you know, I, Even if you haven't watched the show, you've probably seen the meme of just, of just Huel just straight up chilling on there. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I, I don't think I could resist either. You know, no. You're never ever going to get that opportunity again. And so what do they do? They, they get the money, they put it in barrels, and they put it in the back of a van. But before that, we see Walter at 
uh, Sauls and, you know, Skyler in a frantic, obviously calling him and he's going, oh, I, sh I should answer this. I should answer this. And Saul says, no, like you, you shouldn't even have your battery in your phone right now. Like you could be being tracked by them. You need to, you need to shut that down and, you know, deal with whatever you're about to deal with. Right. And so he, he listens to Saul and Saul says, so, you know, it's a couple ways we can deal with this. Um, you know, there's the, the way I'd recommend is, uh, you know, we could, uh, you know, get rid of the DEA problem. Uh, you know, we've done that in the past and it's worked out pretty well for us. And Walt goes, are you saying what I think you're saying? Well, you're not killing Hank. He's family. And Saul goes, okay, okay. It's just, it's just an option. You know, I'm just saying we'd be in a lot better position if he wasn't around. Yeah, he tends to bring that option up quite a bit. Yeah. But, you know, credit to Walter. I mean, he does, you know, at the end of the day, whether Hank becomes his biggest problem or becomes his downfall, at least he is loyal enough to say, I don't, you know, I still don't want Hank to die. Like he's still, you know, he's still like a brother to him, essentially. Yeah. Saul's right. Uh, you know, in a, in a bad, in a bad sense. I mean, he still wants to make money, but he's, yeah, he's, so the two boys show up, it's basically eight barrels loaded full of cash. And Walt's like, young, uh, don't worry. I'm going to check to see if it's all here before they can even talk about it. Cause he will kind of share a look <laughs> Mexico. And he, you know, Bill Burr's like, he killed like the last three guys that tried to take money from him. So no, that's not happening. He will. And what does he do? He takes the shovel and it, it's this cool scene where he kind of drives into the desert, but it's near where they originally cooked. If you can recall the first episode where Walt is in his undies, where they put the, put the RV in the, in the, uh, in the ditch, he's got the gun behind his back. It's basically off that main drag and he goes in there and he starts digging a massive, massive pit. Yeah, yeah, he's, you know, this is something that takes him all day and basically almost most of the night uh, to do. And, you know, fi finally he kind of gets it in there. Um, but before that, I think we're, I think, I think we're, oh, uh, we, we pivot to Skyler, who's, you know, trying to call Walter, obviously. And who shows up but uh, Marie and Hank? Yeah, this is, uh, this is tough. Tough, um, tough scene, yeah. Yeah, so... Marie says, can I come in? And, you know, Skyler says, yes, but no Hank. He's not coming in. So they go to the bedroom and they sit down and, you know, she says, like, please tell me Hank is wrong and I'll believe you. And she can't. She has to be honest with it. She doesn't say, she doesn't say, but she doesn't say anything. That's the thing. And she starts crying. And, you know, Marie says, Skylar, the, the crash, the, the gambling, it was all a lie. And she says, did you know before Hank was shot? And before, you know, before Skylar can, you know, really apologize or even get, she goes, Marie, it was a whole lot. Marie just straight up slaps her. You know, the, the Schrader household was in a feisty move. Uh, Hank punches her, Marie slaps her sister and leaves the room and it gets worse because she tries to grab Holly from the playpen and basically, you know, abduct her from the home. 
Yeah, it's ne never a great look. You could see Polly's are getting more and more worked up as it. She starts bawling her eyes out, and you know Marie kind of waves and says, "Hank, like come in here and help me." Basically, and Hank answers, and they they kind of get into like a screamy match. Like you know, it's not safe here. I I've got to take her away. Like I, this 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 is like I, this baby can't be in this home. Essentially, like this. What did she say? Like bat is it madhouse or drug house yeah. or something like that? Mm -hmm. And you know, Hank kind of the voice of reason here says, well, Marie, get the damn baby back. Like, what are we going to do? Abduct a, abduct a child and bring more concern on us right now? Like, no. And so who, who do you side with here? Uh, you know, your moral compass. Are you are you like, OK, Marie, take this baby away? Or are you like kind of like, OK, Skylar? I think Skylar made the right decision. Um, I think I think Hank made the right decision. Sorry, because. Skylar hasn't committed a crime. He can't prove really that Walter has done anything wrong yet, if you really think about it. So, yes, they're a family, but you still can't steal a baby for that. That's a, that's a child abduction. That's a federal charge. So he's got to let you, you got to let the baby stay with their mother. So I think Hank was smart here, but you can tell Marie she's she has some Hank in her. You get and she gets to the car and she says. You have to get him, Hank. You have to get him. Yeah, drive, drives away, and that's—I mean—that's—that's that's all Hank needs—a little motivation to basically save save his niece and niece and nephew, and you know maybe sister-in-law. I guess I—I I don't know how he feels about yeah. yeah. Knows time. about her. Um. So Walt is there basically from mid-afternoon till the nighttime. By the time he's done, it's pitch black out. He's this massive, massive pit. I mean, you can talk about the energy it would take to do this uh, with one person, let alone a guy with, with cancer that's killing him. So he gets the latitude and longitude of the area. So he doesn't forget where it is, gets that. And then he gets it on lotto numbers. So he doesn't forget, which is really clever. Uh, hands it on the fridge. But as he gets home, Scott was like, why are you so dirty? What the hell happened? And before he can even get the words out, he's in his underwear and he passes out on the bathroom floor. Yeah, like really smokes his head and, yeah. you know, wakes up maybe like four or five hours later and still still on the floor. Skylar is like, you know, what, what the hell is going on? Like, you know, Hank knows, you know, what, what happened? Like, how did he find out? And Walter admits it. He just kind of says, it's, it's my fault. Like, I, yeah. I, I let details slip. And Walter's kind of like, he, he's already thinks Skylar's flipped at this point. He's, he's saying, you know, I know you made a deal with Hank. Like, I, I don't care about anything else. Just don't let, don't let anybody take the money away from us. That's yeah. money I've earned. And if I, if I die or if I get caught and they take the money away, this is all for nothing. So keep, keep the money and give it to our children is, is, is basically his dying wish. Yeah. And Skylar, she's like, you, know, you can't give yourself up, but you still take the money. So you, you got, you got to stay quiet about this. Don't cause any drama. They have no reason to suspect you. And it's Skylar again, kind of sticking up for Walter, staying on his side of the coin when she could easily, you know, but clearly the money means something to her as well, because she's built a car wash. She's went through the whole Ted drama. And I do think this would really look bad on her 
people knowing that her husband was a meth dealer. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, kind, kind of basically reassuring him that, you know, she hasn't made a deal and also goes to the point in saying like, Hank has licked his shit on you. He just has basically yeah. suspicions. So, you know, you can do with that what you will. And yeah, I mean, I, I, at this point, it seems weird that Skylar's so far on Walter's side, just based off of how the first half of the seasons went. Like this first half of the season, you know, she wished that he got cancer and died again. Yeah. You know, so basically, you know, she was just a mess. And, you know, she's kind of, we could say, as good as she's ever been. But, you know, it, it, it's it's funny that she's, she, I don't know, it's just funny that she's, Turned, turned, turned a switch and she's back on Walter's side. Yeah, I wonder if that has anything to do with the fact that, um, you know, would her, would her children respect her? Because it's going to come back that she knew. So if they turn against Walter, it's a turning the heel on, on her as well because they were kicked out of the house for three months. It's not, it doesn't take a rocket scientist for Junior to say, well, it's because you guys were dealing drugs or, you know, he can lead down a path. He's already not his mother's biggest fan. So maybe mm -hmm. it's more of, I want to protect my image in, with my son and I don't want to, you know, have him live with Hank and Marie the rest of my life while my husband's dead and it doesn't really matter. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Also, one thing we kind of missed during this episode, Hank tells Skylar that Walter's cancer is back. So this was yeah. obviously news to her. It was a big reveal and she kind of, you know, she kind of asked or asked Walt, he's like, you know, how long has your cancer been back for? And he tells her, like, he he doesn't think he has that long uh, of, of a lifespan left based off of what he knows. Right. Yeah. He said, I have limited time left here. So I, I just kind of waiting out the clock for him before and not get caught too much until he's dead. Um, so this is this episode's really about family to me. And this is the one point it really differs is. Lydia. Um, Lydia Quayle is still in the meth business and she's in a truck with a few of Declan's men. She's got a blindfold on so that she doesn't know where they're meeting. And she goes to meet with Declan. And, you know, she's upset with the quality. She says, you know, it's it cooks under 70%. It's not good enough. And she, they drive out to this basically like a band. It looks like an old band. He's got old trucks and old buildings and she wants to see the, the cook site. And he asked one of his boys to move a truck. And it's basically underneath in this bunker in this little makeshift RV lab thing. And she goes, are you kidding me? Like, it's filthy down here. It's really old equipment. Like, this is just so Bush League. Like, Heisman, Heisenberg would never, ever have cooked here, have cooked here. Yeah, she really calls him down the lowest and. Declan basically not having says, well, you know, I, I produce what I produce. I have no more, you know, Walter's out of the picture. So basically he runs the meth game for, you know, that area. Yeah. And, you know, all of a sudden we kind of start to hear some trucks pull up and, you know, Lydia's checking her phone and we find out that she was there for more than one purpose. Yeah. So, he goes, so we hear something and he goes, she kind of says like hire Todd, at least he cooked 74%. Oh, yeah. That's better. And he goes, no, like screw Todd. He's fucking weird. I don't like him. I trust, I trust my guys. I don't trust him. She goes, okay. And like you said, they hear the trucks and all we hear is 
no, no, no. <laughs> Automatic weapons start going off. And we hear the shaft open and it's Todd. He goes, ma'am, it's all clear. You okay down there? And she's climbing up this ladder with her eight inch heels on. And she goes, Todd, like, I don't want to see any of it. He goes, okay. He kind of looks up and he goes, uh, probably best to keep your eyes closed then. And he, he starts, he grabs her arm. He starts walking her to the car and we see Declan is still alive. He's kind of climbing and Todd goes, uncle Jack. And, uh, while he's in the midst, he goes, uncle Jack walks right up to Declan, shoots him in the back of the head. And before they leave, he tells his boys, grab all the gear. We're taking it with us. So he's grabbing all the meth equipment, clearly indicating that they want to be the new leaders in the meth business now that Declan and Heisenberg are out. Yeah, new, new blood, this new kind of alliance between Olivia and Todd. I mean, we realized the connection with when Heisenberg stepped out. Um, but yeah, Lydia making moves like this. It wasn't. It wouldn't have been Todd to think of. Okay, well, I'll show you exactly where to go, and you come here. It would have been Lydia saying, "Okay, I'll lead you to where these guys are. You take them out, and then we can kind of take over, take the middleman out of this business." Right. So yeah. So Uncle Jack's got all the equipment. It looks like it looks like he's going to be the new kingpin here. Um. So Marie's talking to Hank. They kind of discuss how they're both not going to work, but she says. I think you should go. And she says, go bring your information. Like tell them what's going on. Like you have more than enough here to present a case that they can look into it. And he says, Maria, I can't. When I go in there, the second I tell them this, my career is over. When I go in there, I'm bringing proof and I'm going to arrest that son of a bitch. If it's the last thing I do, because I I have to leave my career with some dignity that I arrested this monster after all of this. I know. And she goes, and to her credit that I never even thought at this point, she goes, well, if you, you know, if they happen to catch him before you do, then it's going to look like you basically hid the information and didn't say anything when you could have. And you're just, just be, you'll be trial just like he will. So this kind of forces Hank to get back in the office and he, he's wary. He's, he's going in, but he, you know, everyone, clearly loves him. So, you know, it's, Hey Hank, how's it going? And he gets to his office and Gomi walks in basically says, Oh, like, you know, I had to see it from my own eyes. And he's like, okay, I, it looks like Hank is going to set up a meeting, basically a presser just to basically announce what he's known. He's going to bring the big wing in Danning or Dammy and Dammy or something like that. I forget what the guy mm -hmm. who hired him. And before he can do that, he gets a little sniff that uh, one of our favorite characters is inbounded and, you know, the light goes off for him. Yeah. Gomi goes, yeah, like, sure. I'll set that up. But did you hear the big news? And he goes, no, what? Because the, about the money thing. He goes, no, what, what money thing? He says, well, it's, it's about your old pal Pinkman. He just got arrested having a bunch of cash with him. And he's like, Pinkman. And he remembered that he got the call from when he was chasing Jesse. So we see Jesse's in lockup, still as completely out to lunch as he was before. And funny enough, it's the two guys talking to him that were interrogating him about Brock, who he can't stand. 
And they're like, yeah, we can do this all day, Jesse. Like, we got nowhere to be. And you know, he's like, I, I can hold a piss for like 48 hours. So we can we can do this all day. But he's la la land staring at the wall. They decide to leave the room. We see Hank go by the glass. And he's shaking hands with the two officers. And he says, you know what, guys? Hinkman really fucking hates me. Like, he hates me. He hates even looking at my face. You guys aren't getting anything from him. Why don't you guys go have a smoke, have a coffee. I'll go in there, rattle his cage a little bit. You guys come back, finish the job. And any news that I get, I'll share with you. But I, I just want to ask him a few questions too. And they're like, you know, it sounds like a good idea. You know, we might, can you just watch our prisoner for us for a minute? Absolutely. A little cop talk. And the episode ends with Hank walking in and the door shutting behind him. Yeah. I mean, really get your, get your juices going because you know, I mean, obviously next episode's a really good one, but yeah, you just, you just know like the history between these two and leaving it at kind of on a cliffhanger is, is a, is a great way to end this episode. So, and yeah, like Jesse's just out to like the entire time, these two guys are yapping at him and he's not even like, he's not even giving them the time of day. He's like basically looking at the ground and you know couldn't it be more out to lunch to your point exactly so great uh great episode and yeah looking looking forward to these two being reconnected next week yeah really fun episode coming up with with these two and you know the mental state and how what lengths he's willing to go uh to to get to get walter is really intriguing as well but yeah, I mean, two really interesting episodes. I mean, the family aspect and Skylar sticking by her man is definitely an intriguing uh, choice by Vince Gilligan. I, I think it, it adds more. Obviously, it keeps the story going. If she rats him out, he's in lockup in about five seconds. She also gets zero dollars. So, again, there's a little bit of selfish. Uh, yeah. it's like, is she doing it for is she doing it for her, herself slash her kids or is she doing it for Walter? We don't really know. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to say. Probably a mix of both because she is he is still her husband. Uh, and, you know, at, at his core, when he's not the meth guy. He's a pretty he's a good father. And he's a decent man. But it's hard. The blurred lines there. It's hard to figure out who's who sometimes. Um. Shay, uh, good pod tonight. Still no news on your on your on your guy Jason Spezza. I know he's having his in person hearing today. I thought we'd hear the news on the suspension. Uh, what do you expect, and anything else you got in the go this week? Um, I, you know, we talked about this earlier. I, I I wouldn't be surprised they gave Neil Point the same the same game. Um, they gave him two games for the knee on knee. I wouldn't be surprised if he got two games as well. It was. It was definitely a, a, you know, a violation and a suspendable cause. So, I, I think he'll he'll probably get a two gamer. Um, as for the rest of the week, just try to keep low, my friends. Got some Christmas shopping around the corners, and of course, I get to see uh, one of my favorite visitors finally come up and see my place. So, yeah, uh, looking forward to that. Uh, two flicks I watched over the weekend. I know both of them you're gonna hate um, because of the because of the context. One is a Marvel movie, which. I know you'll you won't which one uh, the, the so since the new Spider-Man's coming out, I watched the 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 first one. I've never watched any of the Tom Holland ones, so I watched the Tom Holland one and it was okay. It was pretty good. Uh, but then I also watched Jungle Cruise with uh, your favorite actor, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna comment on that. Um, <laughs> he's the, the word acting has really gotten. Um, 
lower the standards when he uh when he does yeah when he acts uh but yeah um i think i seen the preview for that the no way home or far far away or whatever it's called um i think it's intriguing uh the the concept uh, i saw dr octavius and he's my favorite villain in the spider-man series uh but i seen that willem dafoe is going to return as king goblin too yeah. like that'd be uh, toby mcguire sucked but they were way better villains than jamie what, what was jamie fox electro electro yeah. that sucked like that was garbage <laughs> uh and that stupid uh, snake or whatever, oh, whatever. the lizard one lizard yeah. was stupid he's back too yeah see yeah so is toby Maguire going to be in the movie well that's the big thing they they think they think that garfield is going to be in it for sure or gar what's his name is it andrew, andrew garfield? garfield yeah yeah he's going to be in it for sure but they don't know if mcguire is going to be back in it i think it's interesting because it applies for all timelines of you know it, you got guys like us who grew up watching mcguire Right. And then maybe people a little bit younger than us who would have watched Andrew Garfield. So I could, I could see why it's a smart idea in the sense that it's going to draw more people to the theater because sure. there's yeah. saying, well, I can relate to some of these people. So yeah, that's why I, I wanted to watch the first one. I'll probably watch the second one in the next couple of weeks and maybe watch the other one in the theaters. Maybe not. Um, I think it's smart. I mean, Marvel knows what they're doing. I think they produce a lot of crap, but I think that's, uh, I think this is an intriguing one for me. Uh, Again, I, the guy who plays Dr. Octavius, I think he's a fantastic actor. Um, I yes, forget his yeah. name top of my head, but Willem Dafoe, as I, we both, I know we both love him. He was fantastic as the Green Goblin. He's great in everything he does. But um, I hope Toby's in the movie. And I don't think Toby McGuire is a great Spider-Man by any means, but I think it'd be cool. Like, if he wanted a big check to be in the movie, I think that's warranted. You know, he's, he did his role. They, they were supposed to do a fourth movie and they cut him out. Like, I, if I'm Tobey Maguire, I'm not returning just because I'm a nice guy and want to, you know, be a part of this Spider-Man Christmas right. bonanza. Like, give me yeah, a good check and I'll go hang out with, you know, Garf and uh, uh, Zendaya for a little bit and we'll see what happens. Yeah. And, you know, it's he's not even going to be the main guy. So he probably no, has like three, like four scenes. Yeah, and then, then, but if he can still secure a bag, I mean, that's that's all that that's all you really need to do. And Marvel just hands out checks like they like they, it's nobody's business. So I'm sure um, he will get a nice. Little this guy. movie must be big budget because Willem Dafoe is not coming back for pennies, and yeah. even the guy who played the lizard is a really good actor too. I've seen him in a lot of stuff. He's a British right. British actor, but he he's good too. Like the I mean Jamie Fox again. I don't think he's a great actor. Uh, but was Rock? I mean, you know this better than me, Shay. But there was never one movie that was just the Rhino. I want that. If there's ever a movie, and again, it can't be Rhino and the Flash or Rhino and another villain. Right. I want Rhino. I want. I will watch that movie. I'll go to the theaters with you. If there's ever a <laughs> Spider-Man where Rhino is the villain. Yeah, well, I you, love you, Rhino. You might be. Uh, I can't think of his name. The guy who's in Billions, the, the chubbier guy, not the... James oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul Giamatti. They tried to make him the rhino, and uh, it did, and uh, it was like oh, a slight cameo at one of the end of the Garfield movies, and that's it. Like, you didn't even get to see the fight or anything. So, And then they cut Garfield out, so then they, it was like, okay, well, it's not going to happen. 
But hey, that'd be an interesting concept. He's a cool character. Anyone who knows, I guess the old comics or or uh, the old cartoons. I'm sure me and you watch. Yeah, that's Nicky's like. Yeah, I used to be a big yeah. cartoon guy of Spider-Man back in the day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I'm gonna try to get to House of Gucci this week. I plan on going Friday because I gotta buy some Christmas gifts like yourself. So, gonna get to that. Uh, let me know how far from home goes, uh, or far away, or whatever. Um, <laughs> but Jungle Cruise is that like Jumanji spinoff? Uh, yeah, it was funny. I saw a meme where it was like four movies of The Rock doing the same thing. He's just like a jungle guy, like he's this big buff big i mean uh yeah no essentially it's life. like it's yeah it's basically his life character now no it's it, it it was a pretty good story it, it funny enough todd who's in breaking bad is in that movie oh, yeah. so it's kind of a little yeah a little cameo for him emily blunt's in it too i don't know if anyone likes emily blunt she's she's a great actor but yeah no so it it was an interesting movie interesting concept actually one of the last movies i've watched because as you know it's been a minute since i've watched one uh was that one with her on the the girl on the train? Is that what it, I think that's what it's called? It was a book. Yeah. Came a good movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. It is. I've I, I haven't read the book, but I've been told it's great. My mom my mom's read it and she says it's uh, fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. She's like an Elkie, right? Yes. Yeah. Elkie and nobody yeah. believes her that uh she witnessed the murder and yeah. yeah. So um, no good stuff. Uh, I'll see you Saturday. We'll prep for some toxic masculinity and uh, <laughs> some, some further bonding. But uh, have a great rest of the week, and we'll uh, we'll talk Saturday. All right. Thanks, care. Take care, buddy. Everybody, thanks for tuning in tonight. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday as always, and uh, stay healthy. And uh, we'll chat soon.